What's up, you guys? That's right, no need to adjust your audio. I know this ain't a Tuesday. I know this isn't the normal posting date for this Sauce Lab podcast, but I'm back. The football season is starting up so soon, and I want to get out as much content as I can. And I made a really banger video right now, or a really banger list that I think that you guys are going to love. I think that you guys are going to debate about it. I think that some of them are going to be, what the hell, Jason? What are you talking about? Some of them are going to be, oh my God, clearly this is going to happen. What I'm doing today is I'm going to spit 30 hot takes about the NFL. 15 are going to be season-based and really player goal-based and things like that. And the other 15 are going to be fantasy football-based. Yes, you heard it right. I'm going to be breaking down some of my biggest fantasy football strategies. So if you're in a league with me, I'm really hoping that you're not taking this information too seriously because I probably already have got some of these guys on my team. And if you want to try to jump me to get some of these players that I feel really confident in, so be it. But I'm ready to just hop into it and start to name rattle off some of my lists. So I was going to start with the little caveat that I'm making myself. This is me basically doubling down and trusting my own gut and saying that I really do think that a lot of these predictions are going to be correct or very close to correct. So I'm going to make a challenge for myself that if that out of the 30 hot takes, some of them are even like a year two years down the line, so it's going to take a while for it to all come to fruition, but if all of these hot takes are correct, or not all, I I take that back, I'm sorry, if 12 out of the 30 hot takes are correct, I will be fine, but if I do not get 12 of these hot takes correct, then I will have to donate $150 to the charity of the choosing. I'm probably going to post a TikTok about that. And wh- whichever comment gets the most likes, gets the most reactions, I'm going to donate to that charity just as a little incentive for me to really try to get these right. I've worked really hard at figuring out which ones I feel confident in, which ones I'm going to write down, and things like that. So I think we're going to hop right into it. Also, Keep in mind, the takes will get hotter as we keep going. I'm going to start with the 15 NFL season hot takes. So it starts with one that isn't too crazy, isn't too out of the realm of possibility. But as we get to the bottom, you guys might be staring at your screen or listening in your headphones and saying, what the fuck is this dude talking about? But I I feel really confident in a lot of these things. So at number one, I've got Justin Herbert wins at least one playoff game and looks like a top five QB doing so. I really think that this is going to be Justin Herbert's year. I love their offense. I love the Brandon Staley hire. I think that he's just going to really get it done. The only reason why I didn't write he's going to make the conference championship or he's going to go so much further, I don't personally think that they're going to win their division. I think that's going to be the Chiefs. And I think that the Bills, the Browns, and the Chiefs are all too big of a competitor that one of those three teams will take them out of the AFC race. But I do see them winning at least one game and seriously making noise. Justin Herbert probably throws for three, four touchdowns, looking like that real franchise quarterback, completely disregarding what everybody's saying about a possible sophomore slump and really looks like the new guy that is going to be entering alongside Josh Allen, Lamar Jackson, Patrick Mahomes as this new young Kyler Murray, as this new young wave of QBs that are going to be taking over the NFL. Herbert will solidify his name within that group, winning a playoff game and looking fantastic while doing so. Number two, 
Urban Meyer follows in Bobby Petrino and Nick Saban's shoes by being out of the NFL within two seasons and going back to coaching in the NFL. Personally, this is the long this is the longest prediction that I have because it's out of the NFL in two seasons, but I think that there is a possibility that he's out within one. I think that the job of having to rebuild the already depleted Jacksonville Jaguars might be a little bit too much for Urban Meyer. I do not love any of the moves that he's really done this offseason besides getting Trevor Lawrence, obviously. I actually like the Marvin Jones signing, but Travis Etienne don't love. The whole Tim Tebow fiasco was just completely unnecessary. It looks like there's a lot of problems in the play calling in the offense. I did not love, I mean, I liked, but I didn't love what I've been seeing out of Trevor Lawrence in preseason. I Theo from the Stay Hot podcast actually compared him to Carson Wentz, and I was obsessed with that comparison because he could easily become that 2017 once that went for MVP or he could become that 2020 once that got benched and traded that year he has that always go for the big playability when it really isn't necessary they don't have the big go up and get it receivers that can go off of that and they're not gonna really be a winning franchise I think this year or even possibly next year and that's gonna lead to Urban Meyer just quitting and saying I did so great as a college coach I'd rather just go back to doing that Number three, this one I need to get at least 75% of these teams right on this list, but I have the list of teams that I think at the end of the season will be aggressively looking for a QB for the next season, either because they think that the one that they currently have isn't getting it done, that they're one piece away and upgrading there will do the trick, something like that. So those teams I have are the Houston Texans. They are not going to have Deshaun Watson. Davis Mills isn't the answer. Tyrod Taylor isn't the answer. Number two, Detroit Lions. Jared Goff clearly is not the guy, and I think that they're going to look to move off of that contract as soon as possible. Number three, the Atlanta Falcons. Matt Ryan is getting extremely old. And though they still have Kyle Pitts and Calvin Ridley, I just don't think that they are going to be looking at Matt Ryan as their long-term guy or even a guy for the next one, two years. Uh, next, I have the Pittsburgh Steelers. Ben Roethlisberger really seems like he's going to be out the door, so they really need to find that backup guy. Number five, the Las Vegas Raiders. I think that that one might be a little bit hot, but I think that Derek Carr is not the answer, and I think that this year they are really going to completely collapse. John Gruden is going to be fired, and everything they're going to have to dismantle the entire team except for Darren Waller, and that is going to include Derek Carr. They will likely have a high draft pick, and they will go for that new quarterback. Next, the football team, it's Ryan Fitzpatrick's not the answer. Taylor Heineke, I think that is solid, but I think that when you look at those two compared to the rest of the roster, they think that they are a quarterback away from being a Super Bowl team, so they're going to look for one too. Next, the Miami Dolphins, I think that Tua is personally not the answer, and I think that Brian Flores thinks that this is a win-now football team, so if they don't make the playoffs, which I actually don't have them going to the playoffs in my projections, uh, I think that they are going to be high in the Deshaun Watson sweepstakes, high in the Aaron Rodgers sweepstakes, just looking for another guy to fill in that role and get rid of Tua already. Uh, next, I have the Minnesota Vikings, team that I don't think actually is making the playoffs. That might be kind of hot, but I don't think that the Minnesota Vikings will make the playoffs. And when they see what their receiving core and their running back is, they could be in that Super Bowl bubble now if they had somebody better than Kirk Cousins. And Kirk Cousins, I think he has his highs, he has his lows. For some reason, I really feel like his lows will really show this year, and they will be looking to get somebody new. And then the Colts is my last one. Carson Wentz, injury. Even though technically he's supposed to be ready to start week one, 
it really seems like he's not going to make the most of that receiving core. That receiving core is definitely bottom eight in the NFL. Michael Pittman, Paris Campbell, T.Y. Hilton, Jack Doyle, Mo Cox. And if he's injured on and off and doesn't have the receiving core to really elevate him as a player, I could see him being a bottom 10 quarterback in the league. The Colts seeing their offensive line and their super young, stout defense and saying, we got to redo what we just did this past year. Wentz isn't the answer. Let's look for somebody new. So that's my third prediction. Number four, this is one that I just have feel it coming, not really any numbers to back it up, but I think that COVID will really continue to haunt the NFL. Players will be lost in key moments. Games will be forfeited. There will be one to two games forfeited. And I think that this is a big hot take. But last year, we did not see around playoff time any rumors or any circlings about COVID. And I think that this year, it's just going to strike at the wrong time. An unvaccinated player that plays a very big role on a playoff team will get contact traced leading into a playoff game, causing him to either sit out or causing the whole team to forfeit, thereby losing the game and a playoff game will be lost because of the virus, which just didn't happen last year. I think that the the odds are that it probably does this year. Number five, I've got the football team holds the number one defense in the entire NFL to go along with the top 10 offense in the league. You guys have heard me preach about how much I love the Washington football team this year. I think that they're really going to be unreal. I do not really see a position where they are not top eight in the league, in my opinion, other than quarterback. And I think that Ryan Fitzpatrick has his highs. And if Ryan Fitzpatrick does have his lows, Taylor Heineke is good enough to definitely get the job done. So I see their top 10 offense revolves around Antonio Gibson, JD McKissick, that positionless football type thing that I was talking about last episode. Just something like an idea that I have that is so possible and so within the realm of possibility where their tight end is a former quarterback both their receivers can play running backs both their running backs can play receiver it's a quarterback that knows how to sling the shit out of the ball it looks like their offense is going to be very very good and i'm making the hot take that they're top 10 and the defense we already know how incredible it is it was arguably top five last year and i think that they continue to work off of what they did last year chase young continues to take steps up to be the best edge rusher in the league montez sweat does the same their secondary is fantastic cameron curl one of my biggest breakouts of the entire year i'm very confident that the football team will do very good this year number six the titans do not finish at the top of their division and proceed to lose in the first round of the playoffs. This one is very hot because I don't even know who's really going to be the team to dethrone them. I think that the only logical answer would be the Colts, even though I did say that the Colts would probably be looking for a Wentz replacement. I still think that the Titans' defense is really going to be their downfall, and when it comes down to it, they're going to just have to continuously put up points, 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 and I think A.J. Brown is good enough. I cannot say that Derrick Henry coming off of two 2,000-yard seasons where he has been the number one guy who's gotten the most rushes in the NFL up to this point, I think that he will have some wear and tear. There will be some negative regression. And Julio Jones is just not the same quarterback that he has been. And then also when looking out into the landscape of quarterbacks, every single year an older quarterback regresses. I'm not saying that Ryan Tannehill is on pace to regress, but with the loss of Arthur Smith, with the loss of Corey Davis, with the loss of Jonu Smith, 
with the loss on their with losses on their offensive line, I just don't see this team being as dominant as they have been in the past. And the defense is really going to be the main benefactor. They're going to get scored on very easily, and they're going to need to score on basically every single drive to keep up. And they're a run first team, not a pass first team. That's just how I see it. Number seven this is a team that I'm really not confident in. The Las Vegas Raiders finished with the second worst record in the league behind the Houston Texans. I really wanted to write the Raiders have the worst record in the league because I feel so bad about them as an organization, about a team, about everything. But I know that the Texans are just going to be worse because their team is they shouldn't even be in the NFL. They should really be a XFL team, to be honest. But the Raiders... When you look at their roster, two running backs, both that are pretty inefficient, both getting, or Drake's getting overpaid, Jacobs is in line to get paid and looks like he might not even come back. Carr is an average guy who's not going to do anything special. Their offensive line took huge steps back, went from maybe like a middle one in the league to a bottom five in the league for sure. No wide receivers of name. I think Henry Ruggs is a bust already. Brian Edwards, nothing special. John Brown, very old. Uh, Darren Waller, I'm obviously a fan of, but then their defense, again, I see no one. I see Yannick Ngakwe is the only thing, but their secondary is top three worst in the NFL. Max Crosby, I actually like too, but Max Crosby and Yannick Ngakwe are not nearly enough force to make them a even top anything edge rushing core in the league. I think that their bottom five in that, bottom eight in that, Uh, bottom five linebacking core, bottom five defensive line, and John Gruden probably is on his way out. I just don't think that he has what it takes to continuously keep up with the NFL with the roster that they currently have. Don't like Damon Arnett. Don't love John Abram. I, I did originally, but don't love what I've been seeing recently, and I could definitely see them finishing with the second worst record in the league. Number eight, I have the Seattle Seahawks offense is top eight in the league, but their defense is bottom eight in the league, forcing Russell Wilson to force a trade and Jamal Adams to get publicly angry, though he signed the new deal. It's this one. I'm very confident in the Seahawks offense. Obviously, Chris Carson, uh, DK Metcalf, Tyler Lockett. Uh, I really think that they actually made some good improvements on the offensive line, and Russell Wilson will benefit from that. And I could see him having that same sort of start the season looking like he's going to become the MVP. I wouldn't have him as my MVP front runner, but he'll definitely be in the conversation at the end of the year. But their defense really does have a lot of missing links. Their cornerback group is top five worst in the league. I don't love. They don't have any edge rushers. Their linebackers are below average. Bobby Wagner is regressing very, very quickly. I like Puna Ford on their line but not much else besides that. And Jamal Adams is very good at blitz and staying in the box, but not fantastic in coverage. Quandre Diggs is old and taking steps back. I could definitely see a world where they have a bad defense, straight up just bad, and that is the reason why they either don't make the playoffs or are a very low seed and get eliminated early, and then that would lead to Russell Wilson officially asking out of Seattle and finishing his career somewhere else. And then I would say that Jamal Adams would force a trade, but he literally just signed this big contract and got angry, so I don't see him doing it this offseason. But he could definitely say some press conference shit that really stirs up the Seahawks' front office and really disgruntles them. Number nine, I've got all 10 teams that have a top 10 offensive line will make the playoffs. 
This is just a testament to how I feel about how important offensive lines are. But really, when I look down who has, who I'm projecting to have the best offensive lines in the NFL this year, the list consists of all teams that are going to do well, that I like have really, really big confidence in. That is the Dallas Cowboys, the Kansas City Chiefs, the Baltimore Ravens, the San Francisco 49ers, the Green Bay Packers, the Indianapolis Colts, all these teams that supposedly are going to have such a stout offensive line really look like everything's in place for them to make the playoffs. So whether it's coincidence, whether it's direct comparison that you need a good offensive line to make the playoffs, something like that, I think that all the teams that have the top 10 offensive lines will make the playoffs. Number 10, the Vikings, the Minnesota Vikings, have a bottom 10 defense in the NFL and missed the playoffs because of it. So that is one that I just said before. I do not love what they've done. I mean, I know that they have Daniil Hunter coming back this year. Uh, Eric Kendricks is obviously still manning the middle, but those are really the two players. Daniil Hunter got injured last year, and I could see the same happening again. Obviously, you can't really predict injuries. But when those two guys are really the entire shell of your entire defense, if one of the two goes down or one of the two regresses, keep in mind both are, I think, above 27, 28. So there's a very good chance. I think the Harrison Smith is no longer even a top eight, top nine safety in the NFL. Just other people have surpassed him. Their cornerback group, I am not fond of that much whatsoever. I think Cameron Dancer will take a jump, but nowhere near being the number one guy that they need him to be. Patrick P. Peterson is old as fuck and will probably not make that much of an impact. And he lost Eric Wilson, a guy that quietly was very, very good for them. They don't have much pressure up the middle. I know that they got Dalvin Tomlinson this offseason, but it's I don't I just don't feel like it's gonna be enough personally. And I think that that is going to be the thing that holds their team back. Not to mention Kirk Cousins will have ups and downs rather than just an up season, and they will not look as good as projected. Number 11, I've got Lamar Jackson wins MVP for the second time. Don't know why. I really just feel it coming. I think that last season, even with the quote-unquote down year for the Baltimore Ravens, they were still so incredible. Lamar still is so amazing on his feet. He's going to continuously find Mark Andrews in the end zone and really make him one of the top five red zone targets in the NFL like he really has been over the last two seasons. Rashad Bateman, if he comes back from his injury, will really help out that passing game. Sammy Watkins, I think Devin Duvernay takes a step. I think James Prochet, just a lot of receivers there. I'm really, I think that they have a lot of breakout potential. And if Lamar just continues to pass and run at a more steady rate rather than only relying on his legs and he just stays healthy the entire season, I don't see a reason why he shouldn't be top three in the league in MVP voting. And I think that he just runs away with it, quite literally runs away with it. Because he's a running back, lol. Uh, <laughs> uh, number 12, I've got the 49ers win 12 or more games in this season. I am so confident in Kyle Shanahan and the entire 49ers offensive scheme, that zone run scheme where they make every running back just so fantastic, it really seems like. They have another three-headed monster backfield. George Kittle is returning from injury. Debo Samuel and Brandon Ayuk will both be on the field at the exact same time, which is just a dangerous thought. It's another offense that I think can be very positionless, where both of their receivers can easily play running back and get these screens, these jet sweeps, things like that, where everybody's really playing every position. 
and anybody can get the ball on a handoff at any given point, even George Kittle. I don't think that he would be too bad running the ball, honestly. But then they also have their interchangeability at quarterback. They could either go with the guy who led them to a Super Bowl or the rookie who's been looking like a standout in preseason. Neither is a bad choice. And then obviously the number one part of the team is their defense with Nick Bosa. Still have D Ford. Uh, their cornerback group is a bit shaky for sure, but just I have so much confidence, even with Robert Sala departing, that their defense is still going to get it done time in, time out. Javon Kinlaw, a lot of Fred Warner, oh, how could I forget about the arguable number one middle linebacker in the entire NFL? Could it be a tackle monster? Going to be an interception monster? And just this entire team, I feel so, so confident in going into this season. So I predict them to have at least 12 wins this season, especially with the 17 game season. I think that that is definitely possible. Number 13, the Patriots win the AFC East and make noise in the playoffs. That's right. I have them beating the Buffalo Bills in record prediction. I just think that the Bills defense, and I don't think that their edge rushers are where they need to be. I don't think that the defensive line is where it needs to be. Ed Oliver took actually a step back this past year. Uh, Their secondary corner is not fantastic. Both of their safeties are pretty old. I still definitely have faith in Josh Allen, but I think that honestly, even though he did make a lot of their receivers look very good last year, it's one guy and one guy. It's Diggs and Allen. If one of the two goes down, their offense is kaput, in my opinion, because Diggs helps open up all the routes for all the other receivers, and Allen is obviously the gunslinger that's going to get it to him. They are not that deep. I think that if Diggs goes down, Gabe Davis takes a huge step down, Cole Beasley takes a huge step down, I really do think that Cole Beasley might actually get cut this offseason, and I'm just not too confident in them beating out Bill Belichick and Cam Newton in his second year. I completely revamped offense, a completely revamped defense. So many players coming back from taking the year off last year because of COVID, things like that. Just so many reasons why I should, and you guys should too, feel confident that the Patriots are going to continue to be the Patriots and continue to stifle defenses. And then I feel like when you get into the playoffs, who the fuck wants to play Bill Belichick in the playoffs? You know that that is a nightmare waiting to happen. So I'm saying make noise, not win a game, but I think that they are going to be a horrible matchup for whoever goes up against them, whether it's the Chiefs, the Browns, the Bills, really any team. If they go up against Bill Belichick and his fantastic defensive schemes and things like that, it's going to be tough, tough, tough to beat them. Number 14, this is super hot, burning hot take. But Sam Darnold, I think, makes the Pro Bowl and Matt Rule finishes top three in Coach of the Year voting. What I mean by this, I mean, I think that to make the Pro Bowl in the NFC, I'm trying to think of who he needs to beat out. I assume Tom Brady won't participate in it regardless of whether he makes the Super Bowl. Somebody who also makes the Super Bowl, which you could imagine could be uh, Aaron Rodgers, you could imagine could be, I, I would really only imagine Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers are the predictions for who makes the Super Bowl out of the NFC. So he needs to beat one of the two, but I don't really see either of them doing it. I see Dak beating him. I see Russell Wilson beating him. And that's really it. I could see a world where he's better than Matt Ryan. I see a world where he's better than Jameis. I see a world where he's better than really all the other receiver or all the other quarterbacks there. I actually Kyler and Stafford will be very tough, but that that is why it is the hot take 
city that I am cooking up right here. I think that just this offense, I'm very confident that Matt Rule is going to take that next step up. They have three great receivers, the best running back in the NFL, and a scheme that I just think is going to be very hard for defenses to stop. So if they do so, if they really capitalize on Darnold's untapped potential that he never really got to show in New York, I, I am a biased Jets fan, but I feel like he really has a chance this year to go out and make the Pro Bowl and prove that he is a franchise guy for the Carolina Panthers. And then number 15, I have the Browns represent the AFC in the Super Bowl. This one shouldn't be so bold, but it is clearly not the prediction, not the highest ranked team to make the Super Bowl. But what I have seen out of this Cleveland team, I am so, so ecstatic. And I just, they are probably my number one team that I am excited to watch this year. I think that they are, go no, no, no. Washington football team is, but they are my number two for sure. I love every single solitary position. I think not only has an amazing one, but is deep. Every single position, e even defensive line, which I think that they have a small hole in. That's definitely their worst position. I like their starters and I like their backups. Linebackers, fantastic. Edge rushers, top three in the league. Secondary, top five in the league. Running backs, the duo is number one in the league. Receivers, when everybody's healthy, top five in the league. Baker Mayfield, still extremely young, still yet to take the bigger jump, and I think that that bigger jump is coming this year. Offensive line, number one in the NFL. Tight end group, top three in the NFL, if you talk about the entire group as a whole. Kevin Stefanski, I'd already argue top five coach in the NFL. Where did I just slip up? I didn't, and I think that that is really what's just, if I saw the Buccaneers stifle the Chiefs so much in the Super Bowl, I could 100% see the Browns do that same stifling with Miles Garrett and Javian Clowney, similar to how Shaq Barrett and JPP just continuously got to Patrick Mahomes. Even if they improve their offensive line, I just see at the end of the day, they're so great in all facets of the game. And I see that their one position that they really need to step up in is quarterback. And I am confident that Baker Mayfield will become that guy and they will go to the Super Bowl on behalf of the AFC. The next list that I have got is the hot takes for fantasy football. So these are all going to be fantasy oriented. And when I'm talking about this list, the most common league that I'm in, and I think that the most common league that exists is 12-man PPR. So these are all going to be going off of a 12-man PPR league. So when I say that they're ranking, this is as a PPR ranking. If I say that they go, quote unquote, usually go in a certain round, then that is in a 12-man league, they usually go in that round, and so on and so forth. Again, I am going to get spicier and spicier as the takes go on. You guys can obviously use this as strategy for your drafts if you guys would like. I think that I'm going to be right on a very, very good chunk of these questions. So let's get right into it. Uh, number one, I've got Antonio Gibson finishes as a top five fantasy running back. Just completely going off of what I said today, what I said yesterday, last week, what I said in episode two, what I've been saying throughout my entire podcast, this Washington football team is going to be something special. Gibson is going to be the main beneficiary. My number one running back breakout from last episode, and I'm just so confident in everything about Antonio Gibson, the new Christian McCaffrey, top five season incoming. Number two, either Terry McLaurin, DK Metcalf, AJ Brown, Calvin Ridley, or Justin Jefferson, all younger than 25, 
finish as the number one wide receiver in the league. That's right, not Stephon Diggs, not Devontae Adams, not Tyreek Hill, the three guys that are consensus going before him. I think one of those five guys will overtake all three of them and become the number one wide receiver in the league. Number three, this one is around where the projection is, but I my projection is that he sets a record, so it can't be that not hot. People are going to be like, oh, that's already what he's projected, but it's setting a record at the position. So I think that Kyle Pitts will be the first rookie tight end in NFL history to hit the 1,000-yard receiving mark. No one as a rookie tight end has ever done so. I think Mike Ditko is the closest with, I think it was like 950. And I think that right now, Matt Ryan, you know he is pass happy. That offense is very pass happy. Calvin Ridley and Kyle Pitts will be really the only two main targets. I really like Russell Gage, but not that he's going to be taking so many targets away from either of the other two guys. And I think Pitts ultimately finishes with at least 1,000 receiving yards and definitely in the top five tight ends in fantasy football. Number four, I think Austin Eckler is top 10 in the NFL in receptions. That's right, amongst all positions, amongst tight ends, amongst wide receivers, amongst everything. I think Austin Eckler finishes top 10 in receptions, which automatically boosts him to top 5 fantasy football running back in PPR leagues, for sure. I'm so confident in him. My rankings personally go McCaffrey, Dalvin, Kamara, Zeke, and then Eckler. All before Derrick Henry, all before Saquon, all before all those guys. I am so confident in Austin Eckler this season. I'm very excited to see his breakout, especially with Justin Herbert and the entire Chargers offense. Just something big is going to happen this season. And you've seen him on Twitter saying, draft me, draft me. He's doing a giveaway if you draft him, I saw. He said in a podcast or in, on an interview that he was easily taking himself number one overall, that he's feeling fantastic and knows that he's going to be the best fantasy option in the NFL, and I personally agree. My number five take is that Jerry Judy, the wide receiver for the Denver Broncos, finishes ahead of Adam Thielen. Jerry Judy is consensus around the late 30s, and Adam Thielen is the late teens, early 20s. So it is a jump of around 15 to 20 spots based on ADP, but I really feel confident that Thielen has a very bad season and Judy has a very good season. I think Judy, you heard me talk about him last week last episode but I think that he is one of the top five route runners in the NFL receivers usually break out in their second year uh Teddy Bridgewater was actually just named the starter which I am still confident that Drew Locke will get some playing time eventually this year if they really want to hit the ceiling that they are trying to but I think that Bridgewater in is definitely a little bit more accurate in the short and medium game so I think that Judy will benefit from that and then with Adam Thielen I think that Kirk Cousins cannot sustain having Irv Smith be the number one. Irv Smith, I think, will become the number one red zone target for him. Kyle Rudolph has always been so. I think that he's now going to take that over. Adam Thielen is bound for some regression because of age. He's bound to get so many less touchdowns. He was getting touchdowns at an unbelievable rate last year. But the biggest benefactor to Thielen not having a good year is clearly the other wide receiver in the room, Justin Jefferson, who I think is going to go for around 1,400, 1,500, 12, 13 touchdown season, where he really solidifies himself as a top five receiver in the NFL. And that's just, it's not something that's sustainable for a guy like Kirk Cousins to have two guys that are finishing both within the top 20. So I have Judy finishing ahead of Thielen this season. Number six, 
Trey Sermon is the second best rookie running back behind Najee Harris. I had actually written that one far before the Travis Etienne injury, so I'm still counting it. But it, that would mean that he needs to surpass Etienne. He would need to surpass Javante Williams. He would need to surpass Michael Carter. And I think that in that 49ers rushing scheme, that is what's going to happen. I would originally write that he would become number one. But what it seems like is that Najee Harris is already cutting out a 20-touch-per-game role in the Pittsburgh Steelers organization. So I can't really go as far as to say that a guy that's in a committee backfield like Trey Sermon will overdo somebody that's getting 20 touches a game no matter how efficient you are. But based on what I've seen out of efficiency for 49ers running backs, they still have a top six offensive line in the league, I'd say. And Sermon will be a main beneficiary. He is so young and could easily start over Raheem Mostert by the end of the season, which I clearly do believe will happen. Michael Carter is also still in a rotation with other running backs. Melvin Gordon seems like he's the guy in Denver. And Travis Etienne will now definitely be missing some time. And I think that James Robinson, in in Etienne's time away, will really solidify his role as the number one running back, rendering that pick even worse than it had previously been. So I just see Sermon becoming the number two rookie running back. Number seven, hot take. Zach Wilson, Trey Lance, and Justin Fields are all top 17 fantasy QBs. That's right. Two of these, two of the three, are currently not even projected to be starters going into the season. And one of them is not is projected to have the worst fantasy season out of the three. But I think all three really light it up in the box score. I think that Fields and Lance present a rushing upside. Honestly, Wilson presents a very small rushing upside as well. I know that they won't really have run design plays, but he could definitely make the happen with his legs after the play breaks apart but he is going to be slinging it downfield all three have an arm and a half and i think are not scared at all to sling the ball down the field they all have some pretty solid go up and get it receivers with Corey davis alan robinson uh george kittle brandon Ayuk, uh guys like that that I really think all three will elevate themselves super high. Originally, I actually had Trevor Lawrence in this list too, but he's actually ranked higher. And there's a bit of me, I don't know if I want to tack this onto the end, so I'm not going, this doesn't count as part of the prediction, but I think that there is a really good chance that Wilson, Lance, and Fields all finish above Trevor Lawrence in fantasy points this year, just based on what they have in their receiving core, what they have in their offense, what they present with rushing upside, things like that. I just see those three actually being a little bit better this coming season. Not to mention Lawrence is being drafted as quarterback like 13 or 14, which is already above the 17 projection that I have right there. Number eight, I've got five guys that I think that currently are being drafted 44 and beyond that I think will finish within top 25 at the wide receiver position. For me to get this right, I think that I need to get four of the five right because it's very hard to obviously hit on five of five. But if four of these five guys can become top 25 wide receivers, all being drafted 44 and lower, I think that that is fair to count this as a correct prediction. And those five guys are LaVisca Chenault, who's currently going ADP 44 for wide receivers, Jalen Waddell, who's at 45 for wide receivers, Mike Williams, who's at 46 for wide receivers, Corey Davis, who's at 48 for receivers, and Marvin Jones, who's at 52 for receivers. I think all four of the five will shoot themselves quickly up the charts into the top 25 conversation and finish as a starter at the wide receiver position, at least a flex play in PPR formats. Number nine, this is another one that I made before the injury came, but I feel like Adam Troutman, Irv Smith Jr., and Cole Komet 
all finished within the top 12 fantasy tight ends this season. This is obviously before the Adam Troutman injury. So I think that if Troutman goes out and is fully healthy, this prediction still applies if he doesn't play. By the way, this is for anybody in the entire prediction. If it's an injury, I'm not going to count it. I'm just going to like scratch it off my list. I didn't really get it wrong. I obviously didn't get it right, but it really just doesn't count. So if Troutman misses more time than expected, then I guess it'll only be Irv Smith and Cole Komet. But the main reason why I have these guys jumping all the way up into the top 12 is because what I've seen last year there are so many unnamed guys going into the season that finish so great at the end of the season. Uh, Logan Thomas, Robert Tanyan, uh, Noah Fanton, and Mike Kosicki were pretty highly touted. But even like Jonu Smith wasn't super highly touted going into the year and ended up having a very good season. So I think that Troutman, Irv Smith, and Cole Komet, all very highly drafted guys, all with the opportunity right in front of them, staring them in the face, extremely young and have a lot of untapped potential. I think all three have the possibility to shoot up into the top 12 fantasy tight ends and beat out some other guys, which is exactly what my next prediction is. And that's Noah Fant, Mike Gesicki, and Evan Ingram. Oh, oh no, four. Noah Fant, Mike Gesicki, Evan Ingram, and Hunter Henry all fall outside of the top 20 tight ends in the league. That is right. Noah Fant, Mike Gesicki, both guys that are, I think, consensus going top 14. I just do not feel confident in them. Just because of the offense that they play in, both of them have three to four wide receivers that need to be sustained and a quarterback that is unsure. So with, like, Teddy Bridgewater needs to get the ball to Sutton, ball to Judy, ball to KJ Hamler, ball to Tim Patrick. They're going to be a run-first team, and I just don't see Fant benefiting that much. And then with the Dolphins, I already have said that I'm not too confident in Tua and their offense as a whole just because of that offensive line. But then he also needs to get the ball to Will Fuller when he comes back from the suspension, get the ball to Waddle, get the ball to Preston Williams, get the ball to Devontae Parker, and they're still going to be running the ball with a three-headed running back committee. So I just don't see Mike Kosicki either becoming that guy. Evan Ingram looked horrendous last year, and I think that they continue to do that, and he continues to show that he is not a capable tight end in this league. That is why they went out and got Kyle Rudolph. And then Hunter Henry, I think he was really signed as that secondary option, and Jonu Smith is the number one, even though they will use a lot of two tight end sets, and I see that one biting me in the ass more than the first three. I think that there is still a very good chance that Henry, who is always, when he was healthy, a top 12 guy, will now not even be a top 20 guy, even if he is healthy. The next prediction that I have is that we will be saying, by the end of the season, that Henry Ruggs, a guy who is consensus round 10, T.Y. Hilton, consensus round 11, Devontae Parker, consensus round 11, Cole Beasley, consensus round 12, and A.J. Green, consensus round 14, all should have went undrafted by the end of the year. These are five guys that I'm very not confident on, though they will have a small am amount of wide receiver touches and yards. I just see teams looking to go for their younger receivers before these guys almost every single time. Ruggs, I'm just not confident in that offense. I know that he is by far the youngest and he was only a rookie last year, the first wide receiver taken off the board, but I think that he really is all speed and is so similar to John Ross. Maybe that prediction will bite me in the ass because I think that a lot of predictors are very high on him, but I just think that he is not the real deal. 
T.Y. Hilton, there are so many other receivers in there. I think that both of their tight ends, uh, Paris Campbell and Michael Pittman, will all be better than him. And Carson Wentz can't stay in five options, so T.Y. Hilton won't do that well. Parker, same situation. I don't think two is the answer. Three-headed running back backfield. Like I just said, it's it's Gasicki or Parker or both. Personally, I think both. Uh, Colby, as I said, very big cut candidate. And I just think that Emmanuel Sanders... Uh, Dawson Knox and Gabriel Davis will just take up so many yards that Cole Beasley will have a solid amount from the slot, but not nearly enough that he should have been drafted. And then A.J. Green is like wide receiver six on a team that has a running quarterback, two running backs that they're confident in, obviously a top five talent wide receiver in the NFL. I'm just not confident in him being anything special either. Number 12, Antonio Brown actually leads the Buccaneers in PPR points. That is Above Mike Evans, above Chris Godwin, I think that Antonio Brown came back for a reason. Uh, Chris Godwin wasn't the one that got signed on the long-term deal. That was Shaq Barrett. He only got the franchise tag. So I think they're already going to try to find the secured connection that they have between Brady and Brown. It seems like out of everybody on the team, Brady is closest with Brown. Brown, we have seen for years and years, has the capability to be an unreal option. The corners will clearly get locked on Evans and Godwin, leaving Brown with a very favorable matchup. And when you have the number one quarterback of all time paired along with the arguably number one tight end or number one wide receiver of the last 10 years, and he's not being guarded by the number one, no matter what he's done in the last two years, I love that. I love that so much. I think Evans does not hit his 1,000-yard mark that everybody thinks that he will. Godwin will definitely take a step back. Brady also just loves to get get the ball to everyone on the field and always just change it up. I think that all three of the tight ends, Cameron Bray, O.J. Howard, and Gronk, will all get involved. I think that they will have three running backs going at all time with Gio Bernard, Leonard Fournette, and Ronald Jones. I think Tyler Johnson will get some reps. I think Scotty Miller will get some reps. And ultimately, when we go back, I don't even know if Antonio Brown hits that 1,000-yard mark. I think that, obviously, Brady will throw for so many yards, but the number one PPR guy on that team will end up being Antonio Brown. Number 13, Matt Stafford has an MVP-type season. I'm not predicting him to be the MVP. I obviously said who I predicted my MVP to be in the last prediction list, but... I think that he has a season that he looks like top three, top four in MVP voting, yet finishes outside of the top 10 QBs in PPR formats. This is strictly because of he does not hold any rushing upside, and to reach that, it will be a lot of short checkdowns where the receiver is going to have to do a lot after the catch. I know that that still contributes to fantasy points, obviously, because it's still quarterback yards, but it's going to be a lot of dink and dunk, a lot of McVay's smartness is what's going to lead him to getting that MVP-type season, and their record all around them is going to be really what propels him into the MVP conversation. Yet, when I look at other guys, like Ryan Tannehill holds the rushing upside. He has... He rushes for touchdowns consistently. Jalen Hurts is a guy that's obviously going to be scrambling a ton. Guys that I am so confident are going to be better than him are obviously Lamar, Kyler, Mahomes, Josh Allen, 
I think I am pretty confident that Aaron Rodgers will be better. Russell Wilson will be better because he holds that rushing upside. And then lower guy, there are a lot of lower guys. I think that one of the five of the fringe fearful, fringe fringe fantastic guys could easily step up and become better, like a Sam Darnold, like a Drew Locke, like a Daniel Jones type. Obviously, the rookies are still definitely in play. Joe Burrow is still in play. It's there's a lot of guys that I think really could overtake him just because of their rushing upside and. What Stafford has to do in the air is is quadruple what Jalen Hurts has to do on the ground. So I just don't see him finishing within the top 10 quarterbacks, even with that MVP-type season. Number 14, this one I really love. There are four names of wide receivers, all rookies, that will be late, late, late in your draft, if not undrafted. And I think that one of the four will be a league winner this year. They will be the person that is most commonly on the roster at the end of the season that will be lighting it up. And those four players are Terrence Marshall from the Carolina Panthers, Deami Brown from the Washington football team, Josh Palmer from the LA Chargers, and Amon Ross St. Brown from the Detroit Lions. All four of them are in position to get so many receptions this year. Marshall has been looking fantastic in the preseason. I think Darnold already has a really good connection with him. The the corners are going to be looking at DJ Moore and Robbie Anderson. Obviously, McCaffrey takes... puts linebackers into the box, leaving Marshall with a very favorable matchup. I really like what he could do. Deami Brown, the number three on what I predict to be a top 10 offense. I could really see him breaking out. Palmer being arguably the number three with, like I said, a top five quarterback. I love that so much. And Amon Ross St. Brown, I just see no one else in that organization. Goff, even if he might be inaccurate and throw some really stupid throws, he still knows how to get his yards and do his checkdowns. Amon Rob St. Brown will probably be running out of the slot, and he will eat from the slot. And I think all four of them have the possibility to be a guy that just accelerates so quick and becomes a top 30 receiver in the league from undrafted to should have like to a wide receiver two range is monstrous so i feel really confident in one of those four guys and then last but not least my hottest one is that miles sanders will not be the starting running back on his team by the end of the season this is because of boston scott because of kenneth gainwell because of the eagles out front willingness to use the running back by committee by the fact that jalen hurts will probably be the number one rusher on his team even though he's not even a running back, Hertz will probably have the most run, rushing yards on the team, in my opinion, just because they're going to run that Lamar Jackson-style offense where the first look is going to always be for Hertz to run and take off. And Sanders, I think, is just going to get the short end of the stick. I've never really been so confident in his talent as a running back. He's already been dropping in boards very, very quickly. And I could see by the end of the season, the Eagles are out of it. There's no reason to continuously put him in. And they'd rather just get Kenneth Gainwell, their new rookie, a lot of as many reps as he can. Sanders only has two more years on his contract, I'm pretty sure. They could already be getting rid of him by this year. And I could see somebody else really taking over that workload by the end of the season. So those are my 30 hot takes for the NFL season. I think at least 15 of them, you can agree, are spicy, spicy, spicy takes that the high majority of NFL fans would not agree with. But these are things that I will take down with me. If they're incorrect, I will get on the podcast and say, I am wrong. I would rather shoot my shot and miss than not take a shot at all. 
I feel really confident in a lot of these. And even if a couple of the really hot ones hit, I'm still gonna feel really good that my research and my time projecting these things really did pay off. So I'm excited to get into the NFL season and see if they're right. So before we end this podcast, I have a new segment, ladies and gentlemen. This is going to be my first implementation of my music side. I will have an episode coming up very soon explaining everything about my love of rap music, my love of hip-hop, my love of music just in general, and really so many different genres and intricacies within music, my history about it, all that. But I'm going to start a new series where at the end of every single one of my episodes, I'm going to give you guys three new songs that I think that you guys should listen to. The first one is going to be a newer song from a pretty known artist. By the way, almost all of them are going to be either rap, trap, hip-hop, some type of something in that realm. Maybe, maybe I get some indie, I get some electronic music, some pop music, stuff like that. I'm definitely into that stuff. But rap, trap, lyrical stuff, but also like trippy red type stuff. Anything in that field is really where I think the majority of these songs are going to come from. So if you guys are a fan of rap music and hip hop, I really guarantee that you will like some of the stuff that I do. All my friends love to come to me to ask for music stuff and I am happy to give it. So I would like to throw it on here. So like I said, a uh, newer song from a known artist, so that means that the song came out within the last six months and it's by somebody that you guys probably do know. An older song from a known artist, so that means that it was a song that came out more than three years ago, and I'm just re-listening to it now. Usually for that one, I'm going to do non-popular songs, songs from bigger albums that had a lower-key song that I'm now just going back and finding. So that, and then the last one is going to be a new artist song. So a song by an artist that has, I think that's, I'm going to make the criteria that the song needs to have less than 2 million plays on Spotify, which I think is pretty favorable because if it has less than 2 million, it means that it probably hasn't gotten to the big playlist yet. It probably hasn't gotten into that realm yet. So for this week, I'm going to start off my newer song by the known artist. I've got Lil Fade by Vince Staples. I'm really loving this new Vince Staples album. Very small. I think it was more considered an LP. Uh, I don't love that there were a couple skits on there, but Lil Fade, the beats hit so hard and it makes me want to make an NFL remix to this. It makes me want to play football while I'm listening to this song. It's really a fantastic song and I think that you guys should listen to that and the entire album. An older song that I like by a known artist is Put That On My Set. I'm really getting back into ASAP Rocky a ton. This one's actually by ASAP Mob on Cozy Tapes 1, I'm pretty sure. It's ASAP Mob, ASAP Rocky, and Skepta are technically the artists. Just hits so hard. Skepta, I'm really starting to become a big fan of UK rappers, and Skepta is prop Skepta and Slow Tire definitely at the top of my list. So I really like put that on my set. And then my new artist song is gonna be Freddy by Trap Boy Freddy featuring Young Thug. I mean the Thug feature is really the thing that's pulling me in, but Trap Boy Freddy, when I've been looking at his discography, he has so many fantastic features. I he is a rapper. I don't know if he has production credits on the song, but I would assume that there is some bit of him that is putting him so deep into the industry that he's getting fantastic features so consistently from Young Thug, Lakaya, other artists like that. I mean, I he has a young doll feature, guys like that. Uh Freddie has only 550,000 listens, and the Young Thug verse, I think, is one of the best Young Thug verses that I've heard in a while. So that's it. 
So I hope that you guys listen to all three of those songs. I hope you guys loved my top 30 NFL hot takes. I Like I said, I'm going to be giving to charity if I get at least 18 of them wrong. So I'm really praying that all these come to fruition, that my studying paid off. I hope that you guys liked the new little extra episode. I'm heading to, I'm literally currently editing editing this on the way to college as we speak. So I cannot wait for my podcast to continue growing, for me to really incorporate this music side, to maybe throw in some basketball knowledge as well, and have an amazing day. I'm loving what I'm doing. I'm loving the pod. Keep it going. Thank you guys. Love you. Peace.